welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Mother's Day. Let me tell you for a second, let me tell you a bit of the history of Mother's Day, just in case you're not aware. Does anybody know where Mother's Day came from? It's not just from Hallmark. Hallmark didn't create Mother's Day. As much as you might think they did, they didn't actually. And in fact, I always kind of thought Hallmark did create Mother's Day. They just really cashed in on it. Here's the deal. Back in the early 1900s, there was a lady named Ann Jarvis. Here's a picture of her daughter. This is Anna Jarvis. And in 1905, when Ann Jarvis died, her mom loved her so much. And her, her, her mom, Ann Jarvis, it's really weird that the, the mom's name is Ann and the daughter is Anna. So I may get their names confused while I tell you this story. Anna was the daughter. Anne was the mom. And Anne used to take care of uh, guys that were in the Civil War. Both sides, she would take care of them. If they were from the North or from the South, it didn't matter. She would go and be like a nurse to them and help them. She believed everybody needed a mom. Everybody needed somebody to take care of them. And so when she died in the early 1900s, 1905, her daughter, Anna, said, I want to have a day that really honors my mom. And so she began to petition Congress to have this day for honoring moms. And Congress flat out laughed at her and said, listen, if we have to have a mom's day, a mother's day, then we're going to have to have a mother-in-law's day. Which I don't understand because every mother is somebody's mother, so it doesn't have to be mother-in-law day. You're just always a mom. So they said no, but by the year 1911, every state in the United States had adopted this day and was celebrating Mother's Day. And by 1914, Woodrow Wilson finally signed this bill commemorating Mother's Day as a holiday, an actual holiday. After all those years, she finally got it. Now, here's the thing. That was in 1914. By 1920, Hallmark shows up and says, you know what? This is a really good day for us. And they start cranking out all kinds of cards. Who bought your mama a card today? Raise your hand loud and proud if you bought a card for your mom. Jen loves cards, so our kids always make sure they get her cards. Hallmark just makes a killing on Mother's Day. And you know what happened? Anna Jarvis got really mad about the commercialization of Mother's Day. She was angry about it because she felt like Mother's Day was supposed to be a day of honor where you didn't just go and buy flowers real quick and easy, where you didn't just buy a card that somebody else thought about and wrote, but that you took time. She wanted people to sit down, take time, and write a note to your mother about how you specifically feel about your mother, not some roses are red, violets are blue poem. I don't know the rest of that, so we're going to stop there. So she got really mad about it. And so she began, in fact, to begin petitioning Mother's Day events because she was so against commercialization. She felt like we were called to honor our mothers. Do you agree? Mother's Day is supposed to be a day of honor, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So go with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start here for a minute. This is a real-life moment in Jesus' parents' life, starting in verse 41. It says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And then when Jesus was 12 years old, 
They attended the festival as usual. 43, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents didn't miss him at first. Because you know what? Sometimes you just need a break from your kids, don't you? Sometimes you're like, oh, it's so quiet here. Something's missing. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's so peaceful. It's so calm. You don't understand yet, but one day you will. I'm sure you understand. She's like, I understand. I understand. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Just that, Brianna, you don't understand. You don't have children yet, but one day you will. Jesus' parents didn't notice he was gone at first. They didn't miss him at first. 44 says this. Because they assumed he was among the other travelers, but when he didn't show up that night, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. 45, when they couldn't find him, they, were, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them, asking questions. 47 says this, all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. 48 says his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mom said to him, why have you done this to us? What did you do this to us for? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. 49, but why did you search for me, he said. Didn't you know I must be my father's house? 50 says this. But they didn't understand what he meant. And verse 51 says, Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mama stored all these things in her heart like a good mama would. All the mothers said, Amen. Because moms are always putting these little treasures and trinkets about who their kids are in their hearts and storing them up for later, thinking about their future. Jesus said, Why did you look for me? This is like Parenting Nightmare 101, right? Like on the list of parenting things that, A, you shouldn't let happen, number one is lose your kid. And the fear scale for Parenting 101 is my biggest fear is losing my kid. Has anybody lost a kid here before? <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? And there's moments where you're terrified. I remember I got lost. Like, my parents lost me. I was the victim of bad parenting at a young age. <laughs> my name is Jake. Hi, Jake. I got lost when I was a kid. It was terrifying. And looking back at it now, my parents were oddly cool and calm and collected about the events. I think I was more terrified than they were about it, but... They did find me. Everything was great. But on the scale of things, losing your kid is way up there. About things you think about, you don't want to do. You're always making sure you're hanging on to your kid. You know what? Kids have leashes now so they don't get lost, right? Let me, let me put this on you so you can't wander too far away because I can't stare at you all the time. So here's a nice little leash. I'm going to put on you a body harness because that's safer for you. I'm not going to put it around your neck like a dog. But then this way we just know where you're going. So we don't want to lose our kids. Jesus says, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? This was three days. Three days later, they finally find Jesus. And he says, this is where I'm supposed to be. They said, why did you do this to us? And then in verse 51, it says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Say, Jesus was obedient. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that you put your words and your thoughts in my heart and my spirit. Let me say only the things you want me to say. Bring your thoughts to the forefront of my mind. We welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. We say your kingdom come, your will be done. 
in our hearts and lives. Open our eyes, open our ears and our hearts to receive new truth, new life, new wisdom, and new understanding from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. All right, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about parents. So go to Ephesians chapter 6 with me. We're going we're gonna to have some, some meat of the word so that we can go have donuts after church. So it's okay. You can have donuts after church because we're going to have lunch right now. And then you can eat bad food for you. I give you permission. Jesus says it's okay. That's what we're going to do. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, says, Children, who's a child in this place? Interesting, only half of you raised your hands. How did the other half of you arrive on this planet? I just came into being on my own. One day I had cognizant recognition and here I am. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. And that promise in verse 3 says, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on the earth. We're going to read that in the New King James translation real quick. It says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise. And that promise is that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Who wants to live long on the earth? I know I do. I know that I don't want my life cut short. I want to live a long, good, healthy life on the earth. So we're going to talk about this scripture for a few minutes. What this means to us. Ephesians 6 starts off and it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Verse 2 says, Honor your father and mother, because this is the first commandment with a promise. Now that phrase there is referring to the Ten Commandments. And it's the first of the Ten Commandments that has a promise attached to it. And you can read about the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Moses begins to go through those, revealing to the Israelites what God said. Do you remember the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Jesus came along in the New Testament and said, I'm going to sum up these commandments. I'm going to sum up the laws. I'm going to sum up the prophets with these two new commandments. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Honor your father and mother, that it may be well with you, and you may have a good, long life. We're going to talk about honor today. We're going to talk about what the difference between obedience and obeying is versus honoring. Because there is a difference, and we need to know what it is if you want to have a long, good life on this earth. And we need to talk about honor because honor is something that is quickly disappearing in our society. You don't see a lot of men and women of honor anymore. You don't see a lot of true honoring taking place. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. So first of all, let's look at the word obey. I'm going to show you what that word actually means. It says obey. It's from the Greek word hupak, whatever. There it is. Hupakuo. Sounds like Hawaiian, not Greek. And it means this, to hear as a subordinate, to listen attentively, to obey as a subject, to answer and respond 
to submit without reservation, the word contains the idea of three things. And I think you can see them on the screen there. But it contains the idea of, number one, hearing. Number two, responding. And number three, obeying, which is acting out what you just heard. Now let me talk to you parents for a second. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Let's talk about what obedience looks like for a minute. Because if you do not teach your kids to obey you, they will not honor you. So that's why he starts off with obey your parents in the Lord. So parents, I'm a parent, I'm talking to myself, all the other parents in the room, unplug your ears for a second and listen to what the Apostle Paul was saying to us. This is how your kids should obey you. Who's been to Walmart recently? Okay, okay. Who's seen exciting parenting reality TV show episodes in Walmart? It's a great place to go to do a study on sociology. If you want to study people, go to places like Walmart or Target. This is how your kids, and I want you to do a mental list as we talk through this. I want you to do a mental list and think about your kids. And think about if your kids do this stuff. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, because in Genesis, God tells us that we're supposed to raise up godly offspring, right? Which means they know how to obey and do what they're told. It's okay. Listen. Can I just tell you something? Your kids don't want you to be their best friend. Your kids want you to be their parent. And you're like, well, that's not true. My kid does want me to be my best friend. Okay, maybe your kid does want you to be their best friend because they can't make other friends. Well, no, that's what happens, right? Like if they can't make other friends, they want you to be their friend because they want you to fill that void. But here's the thing. As a parent, you should know that's not the role that God has put you to play in their life. You are there to parent them, to raise them, to rear them, to help them be successful in life, and that takes you parenting your children. And that means that your kids need to obey you. And it looks like this. So your kids, when you speak to them, are they hearing? Are they being subordinate? Are they listening attentively to your words? Are they obeying as a subject? Do they answer and respond when you talk to them? Do they submit without reservation? See, what I loved in that story in Luke chapter 2 was Jesus knew where he was supposed to be. This is where I'm going with my life. I'm supposed to be in the house of God learning and understanding who I am and what God wants me to do. But when Mary showed up and said, why did you do this with me? It's time to go home. The Bible says that he submitted to them and went home with them which means he put himself underneath them. So are they are submitting without reservation? Are your kids hearing your words? Are they responding to you when you speak to them? And are they obeying what you say? Do you have that checklist in your brain that we're talking about right now? Are you thinking about your kids right now? 
Or when you talk to your kids, do your kids tell you, uh, not today? Go clean up your room. I don't think so. How about I sit here and watch some more Netflix? How about I play some more Fortnite? You know, that dog can clean up its own poop. I didn't make that mess. I'm not cleaning it up. Or when you talk to your kids, do your kids just zone out and not even hear what you're saying to them? Hi, hi. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Oh my gosh, mom, what? I said, can you set the table, please? Mom, so hard. How many times have you talked to a kid and you see them like, I don't even know what that move means, but kids do it all the time. And then you're like, what does sticking your bottom lip out do? What does that even mean? We've all seen kids act like this way, right? And kids are kids. Kids will behave like they behave unless you work with them, unless you train them, unless you teach them what the Word of God says and say, hey, listen, I love you so much, but guess what? I love you so much that I'm not going to let you do that to me. I'm not going to let you kick me in the shins. Nope, and you can't pull my hair either. I don't have hair, so my son thinks it's a funny joke to slap me in the head. But it's not because he's anatomy. He thinks it's funny. He, I think he likes the sound it makes when he does it. So he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is the right thing to do. So that when your kids grow up, listen, if you don't teach your kids how to obey you here and now, do you know what happens when they grow up? They don't know how to obey anybody, and they think they are the top of the food chain, and they think everybody should listen to what they have to say, and they think everybody should do what they want to do. And so they have a hard time at work. They can't keep jobs. They get fired. They can't have relationships. People keep ending relationships with them. They don't like being around them because we as parents did not teach them how to obey when they were younger. Now, here's the interesting thing about obeying. All you kids, like, 18 years old and younger, plug your ears for a minute. Obeying, you don't obey your parents the rest of your life. Because there comes an age where you are an adult and you have to do what you believe the right thing for your life is. Your face is right now. No, my child will obey me the rest of his life. Bend over, you're getting a spanking. I'm 47 years old. You will do what I say. Go to your room, young man. I'm not going to my room. My grandkids are here. (laughs) Cadence, at one point, soon down the road, closer and sooner than you think, you won't have to obey everything your mama and daddy say anymore because you will be your own person. Don't get too excited about this. Wipe that smirk off your face because we're going somewhere after this. 
Obeying lasts for a season. You only have parents. You only have so long with your kids to train them and to teach them and to help them become who God has called them to be because that day does come when they are grown-ups themselves and they have to begin to walk out those morals and those beliefs they have on their own and you can no longer say, you will do this because I'm your parent. So it's important now in life when your kids are young that you are teaching them to obey. Now that's what obey is. Obey is an action word. Obey is something you do. And listen, you can obey without like really wanting to. Right? You can make somebody obey you that doesn't want to submit to you and they don't really want to do it, but you can make them obey. It's an action. So he says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Then he goes on, he says, verse 2 he begins to talk about something else. He says, honor your father and mother that it will be well with you. So obedience comes to an end at some point and honor begins to kick in. I believe that you can have obedience without honor, but I don't believe you can have honor really without obedience. Let's look at what the word honor means. Tomeo. To prize, to fix evaluation upon, to revere, to honor as value. In the day and age that we live in, something interesting is happening. The rise of the individual is amongst us. It is here. Let's all be ourselves. Let's celebrate who we are. I'm my own person, and you can't tell me who to be and what to look like and what to do because I am my own. Right? But with that rise, we've begun to devalue others. We've begun to bring less honor to others. In that rise of ourself, we find that we don't want to elevate or honor other people. We want this level playing field. Everybody's equal. It's all fair. You're not better than me, and I'm not better than you. But the idea of honor is that you are raising something up, that you are raising somebody up, that you are holding up this person and saying, this is this person, this is my mother, this is my father. I am honoring, I am valuing this person. I am uh, uh, prizing this person. I am honoring you, putting a value on this. Honoring raises people up. Today is a day of honor for mothers. What, what are we doing? You're, we're all here, and if we have our moms with us still, or if you're a mom yourself or whatever, what happens on Mother's Day? We, we get our moms flowers and, and take them for lunches. We buy them gifts. We buy all kinds of stuff. We want to spend time with them. We are raising them up. We are honoring them. We are saying, I honor you, mom. Right? And that's what today is about. But in that raising up of somebody, guess what happens? One goes up and one stays the same. It means this one is valued more in this moment. Honor teaches you humility. To honor somebody means you have to learn how to humble yourself and say, you know what, in this moment, I am not the rising star. In this moment, I am not the most important person in this room. In this moment, I am placing honor and value on this. 
Today we're honoring our moms. We're lifting them up. We're placing a value on them, saying, Mom, thank you for all the time that you've spent in my life. Thank you for all the things that you said to me. Thank you for all those prayers that you prayed over me. Thanks for all those times that I had all those issues in my life and I could go to you and you would help me walk through them and you would show me which way to go. You would speak to me. You would parent me. You would help me in those times. I'm honoring you for those. And in that honoring, in that lifting it up, you are coming underneath To honor means that something has to be humbled. And something else takes place when you have to honor somebody. You have to be thankful. You have to learn how to be thankful for someone or something. And I would tell you something else. Thankfulness is something that we are quickly losing from our day and age. Because we feel like we're owed everything. Why would I be thankful for what I'm owed? This is mine. The word of God is always trying to get you to a place where God can work his good things in you. And being thankful and being humble and honoring others causes those things to work inside of you. Obedience comes to an end. But honor never does. We are meant to honor all of our lives. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, I don't have a slide for it, but it says this. The first two words of that verse says this, honor everyone. So it means the person you're sitting beside, it means the person in front of you, it means the person behind you, it means every person that you come into contact with and you deal with, that you are meant to honor them means as believers, you are called to honor the people that you deal with in life. And that comes through learning how to obey. It comes through learning how you figure out that you're not the most important person in the world. As your parents raise you, you honor them. You honor your mom for the time that she spent pouring into you. Today, that's what we're doing. We honor you for the sacrifices that they made in our life. And in that honoring, we are lifting them up, we are humbling ourselves, and we are learning how to honor others. And by learning how to honor your parents at a young age, and by learning how to honor others as you go through life, don't you suppose the same time you are learning how to honor God? Because if you start with a child at a young age and teach them to obey and teach them to honor over and over and over again, it becomes entrenched in who they are and they begin to honor not just you and your husband or you and your wife or their mom and their dad, whoever that is, they begin to honor everybody else they come in contact with. And as they begin to honor everybody else they come in contact with, there is a culture of honor created inside of them and that invariably spills out in them honoring God. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with the promise, that it will be well with you and you will live a long life. The promise isn't in the obedience. The promise comes from the honoring. 
Let me say that again. Because there's some kids in this room, and we are all kids of our parents, that do not live a life honoring their parents. And he said to us in the Ten Commandments, and again in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul reminds us, honor your father and mother. Obedience comes to an end, but honoring never does. You are called to live that life where you honor your father and mother. And let me say this, maybe you didn't have a good mom and dad. Maybe you had all kinds of situations to walk through. Maybe you didn't have, maybe you didn't know who your dad is. Maybe you didn't know who your mom is. Maybe you didn't, maybe all these different things. You're like, I, you don't know my story. That's true. But you can still live a life of honor. You can still walk in honor. You can still honor that role because there was most likely somebody who stepped in and filled that void in your life. And you can learn how it says in 1 Peter, you can learn how to honor everyone. And as you lift all these people up and you lower yourself, you learn humility, you learn how to humble yourself, James says this to us. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will squash you down and leave you there. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will raise you up. Proverbs tells us that pride comes before the fall. We spend so much time trying to do things in our own strength and our own power and our own authority. And look at me. Look how good I am. Look how amazing I am. Look what I can do. You don't even know what I can do. I can do all kinds of stuff and you don't even know about it. So I'm going to show you. The Bible says that pride drives and it comes before a fall. But if you humble yourself under God's hand, he will raise you up. Today, as we go, we want you to honor your moms. We honor, I, I honor my mom, even though she can't remember my name. It's a big joke. We laugh about it all the time. My mom, man, I don't know what it is. Maybe some of you moms here identify with this, but she cannot say certain store names, right? It is not Costco. It is Costco's with an S. In the States, there's a store called Mervyn's, but my mom cannot call it Mervyn's. It is Merwin's. Let's go to Merwin's. Mom, it's Mervyn's. But all those things just make up who she is. And I love her. And we honor all the moms. And why do we honor them? We honor them for them working in our lives, teaching us to obey and what that means. We honor them for the time they spent pouring into us, teaching us to honor them and to honor others. And today we are esteeming them. What does esteeming mean? Mean, 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 mean? Esteeming means to raise them up, to hold them high, to place value on. We are lifting our moms high today and we are honoring them. And in doing so, we are honoring everybody. I hope today that as you walk around, you don't just say Happy Mother's Day to your mom, that you say Happy Mother's Day to all these ladies you come in contact with that are moms. And you don't just stop at mothers. You can be like, you know what? Ladies, we celebrate you today. God is working in you and through you to accomplish great things and we are so thankful for the role that you play in our lives and in society and we are so excited you're here on the planet not just at church stand up with me pray with you real quick. 
God. You know what? I want to do this real quick. You can just keep your eyes closed. Maybe you realize that you have not been parenting your kids properly. And maybe you realize today as we were talking that there is more that God is requiring from you as a parent. Because there is a lot of absentee parenting that is taking place in the 21st century. And it's not something that I'm gonna lay my hands on you for. It's a choice that you have to make. So if you realize today that like, man, I just have not been raising my kids the way that I'm supposed to, that I did not, I am not making my kids obey like it says in Ephesians chapter six, my kids talk to me however they want, they go and do whatever they want and I feel like my kids are out of control. If that's you today, as we pray this prayer, I want you in your own words, in your own voice, inside of your spirit to say, God, teach me to parent my kids. Show me how to parent them. Show me how to raise godly offspring. Show me what I'm supposed to do because I don't know and I feel like I'm making mistakes and I'm not raising my kids the way that you've called me to do. That's all you gotta do. You just gotta ask for God's wisdom on a daily basis saying, God, fill me up. Show me how to do this. I can't do this on my own. I'm gonna make a mess of it, but I know with you, with God, all things are possible. So as we pray this prayer, in your heart, if that's you, I just want you to say to God, I need your help. I'm sorry. I haven't been parenting properly, and I want to parent my kids the way that you've called me to. So, Father, we thank you for today. God, first and foremost, we ask that your kingdom comes and that your will is done in this place. God, I desire and we desire to raise godly kids, God-fearing kids that know your voice, that hear your voice and that respond to your voice, that obey your voice. Help us to raise those kids the way that you desire us to. Help us to be the parents that you have called us to be. Help us to walk in your grace, in your strength. God, open our eyes to see ways that we can parent better. Help, uh, help us to see uh, ways that we can walk through our kids in every situation that they find themselves in. Help us not to run out of strength. Help us not to run out of a grace. Give us wisdom and insight to parent those kids, to parent our children the way that you want them raised. Father, I thank you as well that you are teaching us what honor is and what it looks like. God, you have called us to bring your honor, your culture to our families, to our nation, to our city, to every place we go. And Father, I'm praying right now that you are beginning all across this place, that you are speaking to us about what honor truly looks like. That we have kids that are honoring us, that we are honoring our kids, that we are honoring everyone like it says in Peter, and that through that honor that we have learned that we are honoring you. 
in everything we say, in everything we do, in every place we go. Teach us to honor. God, teach us to raise others up and to put value on them and to say, this is amazing, you're awesome, look what you've done, look what you've done in my life, and raising those people up, which causes us to walk in humility. And God, in the right time, through that humility, we know that you will raise us up to do the things that you've called us to do. Father, we love you. We worship you. And God, I wanna say we give you all the honor but some of us don't even know what that means. So what I'm gonna say is God, teach us what honor looks like. Teach us how to honor. Teach us how to walk in honor in every situation, in every circumstance, in every conversation. Teach us to honor so that we can be more like you. And that through that, more and more people come to know you because of our honor. We love you, praise you. We give you all the thanks. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.